before we start today, we're going to begin this service by um, talking about every moment matters. And in the middle of the word moment is the word mom. Every mom matters. And we're going to talk about some stories about a mom and so on today. But let me say, first of all, how much I appreciate, you know, last weekend I was out of town with my family. We were in Dallas and we were there most of the weekend, got back late, late Saturday night. And um, and so Pastor Wayman was here to preach and, and, you know, he always does an amazing job and I'm thankful for his leadership. Um, what an incredible speaker he is. But, you know, I just, I thought of this. It's not very many churches that when the pastor's gone, the Apostle Paul fills the pulpit. So, um... <laughs> Those of you that were here last weekend, you'll understand that. Um, so, Apostle Paul filled the pulpit for us last week. It was a great time. And didn't Wayman do a great job? Come on, give him a hand. He's an amazing preacher. Appreciate his ministry. So, I want to share with you something. You know that you're a mom when? You ready? You know you're a mom when, number one, you count the number of sprinkles on each cupcake to make sure it's fair. Say amen to that. All right. How about this? You know you're a mom when you hide in the bathroom to get some alone time. All right. Guys, if you'll stop that clock for me, I appreciate it. And then also, you know you're a mom when your child throws up and you catch it. Come on, that's, that's a true mom. This one's my favorite of all. You know you're a mom when someone else's child throws up at a party and you just keep eating. Um, <laughs> This one's my favorite. You know you're a mom when your kid clings to you when you're leaving them at school and you obsess about it. But then you obsess about it more when they get a little older and they don't look back. You know, moms love us. Moms are there for us. But you know, today, as we dive into this message, I want to kind of do something a little interesting and I want to take this a different direction than you might think on Mother's Day. Um, let me ask a question. I'm going to take a survey. Okay, everyone, pay attention closely now. Those of you joining us online. In fact, we have people in Latvia, Arkansas, Utah, Fresno, Los Angeles, Arizona, Tennessee, the Channel Islands. Can we welcome all of our church family that's joining us today around the world? Wow. Happy Mother's Day to you. So I'm going to take a survey. Everybody, you ready? Here we go. I want you to stand if some mom went through labor for you. If you haven't figured it out, unless you physically aren't able to or you're not feeling well, we should all be standing, right? Someone went through labor, which means all of you are a pain. I just. We may not be a mom, but every one of us at some point biologically have had a mom. Today, I want to take this message in a direction that you may not have thought of or experienced on a Mother's Day morning. I know that Mother's Day, you're probably thinking, well, gosh, this is an easy weekend for Pastor Jared to prepare a sermon because all you got to do is tell a few mom jokes, talk about how great mom is, pretty easy, light work for pastor this week. But I want to tell you, Mother's Day is a tough day for a pastor to prepare a sermon. Here's why, because you know what, there are some great moms and the moms are here and we're thankful for you, but there's a lot of people here that may have wanted to have children and weren't able to. Or maybe you grew up in a home with 
a dysfunctional relationship and your mom wasn't a good mom, that maybe she was never even there for you. Maybe you're here today and um, you're a mom, but you're full of regret because of all the things you wish you would have done. And, and they get up and preach about how great moms are and you just feel bad about yourself the whole time. You see, there's a lot of different situations that are here. Maybe you're single and you showed up and you're like, why did I come to church today? I'm not a mom and my mom's not here. You know, in the story we're about to read, it's a story about a mom. But it's also a story that has a woman who was barren, which means she couldn't have a child. And maybe you're here and you wanted children, but weren't able to have biologically a child. This message is going to connect with you. But maybe you're here and you're not a, a woman and you're like that. You've wanted something to be realized. You've had a dream, but it never came to pass. And there's a barrenness in your heart. It's for you today, too. Maybe like in the story, you're going to be here today and you've been mis- misrepresented or you've been attacked falsely or, 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 or someone has disappointed you. Listen, I'm going to tell you today, there's something for everyone here. So I want, to, I want you to do something. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just open your heart. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to speak. Speak loudly, boldly in this room. Share with us the things you want to say. I submit my voice, my heart, my thoughts, everything to you. And I just say, God, speak through me today. Let your message be strong and bold and let every person, especially every mom, walk out of this place knowing that God has said something. Anoint our hearts to hear and receive your truth. In Jesus' name. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. And can we give every mom another hand? Come on. You can't overdo it. You can't overdo it. You may be seated. You know... This weekend, we're talking about every moment matters, and I want to show you a mom who made the most of every moment. It's a story found in Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Elkanah had two wives. Now, I'm not going to take time to unpack that whole concept of multiple wives, and um, Elkanah didn't live in Utah, um, but there's a theology that's really not God's plan, but we're not going to dive into that today because we don't have time. But what we do know is they had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah did not. One mom it was experiencing all of these wonderful things. Another person was in disappointment, in despair, discouraged. Watch what happens. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Let me just stop right there and let me just ask you a quick question. How many of you here have discovered that your kids all get along great until you get in the car and start to drive to church? How many of you have ever had an argument on the way to church? Come on, wave at me. You realize it's been happening for centuries. I just want you to know because we just saw it in the Bible. Families were in conflict on the way to church. I don't think that's an accident. I think it happens often, but just a little side note, a little nugget. You can put it on the side there. Look it up later. Okay. So they're on their way to the tabernacle. She's being taunted, made fun of by this other person. Isn't it interesting that it seems like that the people that have the most are the ones that are the most unsatisfied and have to find somebody else? To go after. Why? Because many times what looks like fulfillment 
isn't the thing that fulfills you. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. So every year they would go to the house of God. It was almost like Mother's Day, but this person couldn't have a child. So every time they would go to the house of God on Mother's Day, because at this celebration, if you look at the verses leading up to verse 9, they would have a meal. They would celebrate. It was what you do on Mother's, Mother's Day, right? You go out to dinner or you go out to lunch or breakfast. And what would happen um, in this day, they would give a portion of food to the, each person. But if you were a mom, you got a lot of extra. So it was almost like a special Mother's Day celebration. And every year, Hannah would leave and go home discouraged, sad, crying, disappointed. But verse 9 tells us something. What's the first word? How many knows it just takes one time? How many know it just takes one moment for everything to change? Come on, somebody say amen. So at one moment after the sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Um, Eli, the high priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was deep in anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And as she made this vow, she said, If you would look upon my sorrow, God, and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life. But as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, the priest. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought she was drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded? Throw away your wine. Let me stop right there. How many of you have ever had a bad day that just seemed to, got wor- seemed to get worse? Maybe you showed up today and it's like, it's Mother's Day. And Pastor, this is a rough day for me because I lost my mom. Maybe you showed up today and, and it just feels like it gets worse. Because everything that's said, everything that's done just builds on the disappointment in life. The Bible says that she says, oh no, sir. She replied, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman. For I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Then they returned home to Ramah. And when Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked the Lord for him. You know, in this story, we see so many different things. We see so many different places that people can be in a moment like today. What I want to do today is I want to take this story about a mom who was struggling or a woman who was struggling and eventually became a mom. And I just want to put some things out there that hopefully all of us, whether we're here or joining us online, that we can walk away today remembering. Because listen, every moment matters. Everybody say that with me. Every moment matters. Here's the first thing I want you to remember when you leave today. Will you write this down if you're taking notes? Number one, and that is that God sees every moment. Everyone say that with me. God sees every moment. God sees every moment. I I love this part of the story because it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 19, she'd gone through all these trials, gone through all this struggle, been accused and taunted and made fun of unfairly. But the Bible says, then they returned home to Ramah when Elkanah slept with Hannah. The Bible says the Lord what? The Lord what? He remembered her plea. What I love about the word remember in the Hebrew, it's a word which means this. 
It means to recall, to bring back, to relive. There's also a definition that's similar which in there when you look at it in Strong's, which means to record. I ask a question. How many of you have your phones filled with pictures and videos of your kids? Come on, wave at me. Right? We all have video recorders. In fact, back in the day before our phones were our video recorders, we had the big old ugly video recorders. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The ones that had the blinking lights and, you know, we carried them around like this. Remember those days? Come on, I'm flashing way back for some of you. And there are many of us, like myself, I, when I started thinking about this idea of something being recorded and recalling it, so when you recalled it to see it, you could step in and relive that moment, Right? And so I was thinking about all the pictures of and I started talking, all the videos of our kids when they were little. But then I had that horrible moment to realize that all of those are on those old school tapes that the video camera doesn't play anymore. And I'm not one of those good dads yet that has gone and taken it to one of these companies that will transfer it for you. I mean, what I'm talking about. So I was talking to Tibet and I'm like, man, let's pull out some videos. And so all we could do is go back to YouTube or to our phones or to, you know, Dropbox to try to look back. So we found, I found a video of my kids and this isn't a long, long time ago. I wish I had found one from when they were really just a baby because it would be so fun to look. But I found one from about eight years ago. And many of you may not know this, but my kids used to have a singing group called M4. Stands for the Ming Four, if you haven't figured that out. And so they would, they would travel all over the country, all over Southern California to high schools and junior highs, and they would perform at schools and do assemblies. They recorded their own project. At that time, there were some TV and, um, uh, shows that were interested in them. And, and so we didn't end up going that direction. They didn't do it for long, but I found a video and I want to do like the Bible says that the Lord remembered. I want to recall and relive a moment. Can I relive it with you this morning? Moms, this will remind you, you're going to go to your phone, you'll find after service. So take a look at M4. This is a little picture real quick, a little video. Look how little he is. Isn't he cute? to remember. And as we began to watch that video, we started going to all these videos and it's like literally you step into that moment again and you live it. You, you live the joy, right? You live the fun. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 139 that before you were born, every day God had recorded in his book. 
And in this story, what we discover is that God said in this passage that he remembered. And the thing I want you to know is that God sees every moment. He sees every joy. He sees every sorrow. He sees every unfulfilled dream. He sees every time that someone has attacked you or disappointed you. I want you to know something. This morning, as you walk away from the service, know something. And that is that God sees you. He's not forgotten you. He knows everything that you have walked through. Just so happened as I was going through my phone looking at videos, I found some videos of my dad. And of course, that was joyful, but it was sad. And you know what I love about the Lord is the Bible says that he knows. Jesus took all of our, our care, our anxiety. He understands. And I want you to know something. You're not forgotten. You haven't gone through it alone. In fact, God has it. Instant recall. He knows every single thing you have faced. God sees every moment. Somebody say amen. Amen. Isn't that a good thought? Let me show you another thing that I want us to, to draw from this passage. And that is not only does God see every moment, but God sees every movement. God sees every movement. Now, what do you mean by that? Well, let's go back to the story. We see in, in 1 Samuel, it says that year after year after year, it was the same. She would go. She would be sad. She would cry. She would go home. She would go. She would be sad. She would cry. She would go home. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. But one year, one day, one moment, things changed. Because after the sacrificial meal, Hannah got up. And what does it say? Went to pray. You know what I love about that phrase is if you look at it in the Hebrew, it means to bow and worship. But it also means this. It means to change direction and face a new direction. In this story, Hannah literally changed directions. She said, I'm not going to keep moving in the direction I've moved. Because there's a lot of people like Hannah that every year we come into moments like this. And we just keep living our life and we keep going back to our past. We keep going back to our disappointment. We keep going back to our pain. We keep going back to our trouble. We keep going back to our unfulfilled lives. And I want to ask you a question. Which way do you move when you face a trial? Which way do you move when something comes in your life that you hadn't expected? And what I love about this story is there came a moment where Hannah decided, I'm not going to run back to where I've been, but I'm going to change directions and I'm going to move towards the Lord. I'm going to tell you that one of the keys to God's purpose in your life is learning to remember that God sees your movement. Because when we read the story, when she began to move in a different direction, things began to change in her life. We've all heard the, the, the old saying that it's, it's literally insane to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And in this story, she kept doing the same thing. And there's a lot of people here that are doing the same thing and nothing's changing. But today, I'm praying that God will open your heart to understand, number one, that you've not been forgotten because God sees every moment. And not only that, God sees every movement. I'll explain it this way. You know, when our kids are little, there's that fun moment when they start to learn to walk. How many remember those moments? Right? And I'll never forget when our kids were little, it went kind of like this. They would crawl over to the couch, right? And they would get up and they'd kind of be standing there. Come on, right? 
And then they would have that moment where they're letting go of the couch to walk to you, right? Because you're like, come on, come on, come on. Not really. Hopefully you didn't do that to your kid. But you're like, come on, come on, honey, come on, come on, you can do it, Macy. Come on, come on, Hudson, come on, you can do it. And then what do they do? They change their direction. There's a new movement. And they let go of the couch, and then they start the walk, right? The graceful walk. Right? And then there's that moment where they start to fall. And what do we do? Well, I'll tell you what we don't do. We're not like... No. Because the moment that they start moving towards us, as a parent, we immediately start waiting for the moment they need us. Because as soon as they start moving towards us, we're like, oh, oh, we got their hand. Look at, look at how good they walk. We're really carrying them, but look how good they walk. I want to tell you that in this story, what God, I think, is trying to awaken within us is that he's watching. He's not just watching every moment. He's watching every movement. And the question is, which way are you moving in the midst of your trial? Which way are you moving in the midst of your sorrow? Which way are you moving in the midst of your joy? Because we know of a story. Remember, there was a child that ran from his father. He was called the prodigal. And as long as he was headed the wrong way, it didn't matter because his father was standing, watching and waiting for him to change directions. And as soon as he saw his prodigal son coming towards him, what did he do? He ran to him and he surrounded him with a coat and put shoes on his feet and a ring on his finger. And I want to tell you that this morning, I hope that God will open your eyes to understand God is watching every moment, but he's watching for that one moment, moment where suddenly you say, I'm not going to hold on to the couch anymore. I'm not going to hold on to the bitterness anymore. I'm not going to hold on to the pain anymore. I'm not going to keep going back to the past anymore. I'm not going to keep revisiting all my mistakes anymore. I'm changing my motion and I'm moving towards you. And as soon as you do, here's what the scripture says. It's found in James. Come on, give the Lord a praise if you believe that. James 4, 8. Change your motion. Move towards God. And God will move close to you. God sees every moment. And God sees every movement. Where are you headed today? What's your direction when you walk out of this place? I want to give you one more thought as we bring this to a close. And When you realize that God sees every moment, and you realize that He sees every movement, then what happens is our response is we want to be faithful in the heat of the moment. How many here have had some heat of the moment experiences? May I ask this question? How many of you regret some of your heat of the moment decisions? Come on. All right. Some of you just regretted raising your hand. There's the heat of the moment, I know. The heat of the moment. What happens in the heat of the moment? What we find in this story is that Hannah made a decision in the heat of the moment. And what I want to talk to you today for a minute about is making a decision in the heat of the moment. Because the Bible says that she shows up, she's sad, she's disappointed. She even makes a move towards God. If you go to the passage in 1 Samuel chapter 115, 
She shows up, right? And she always goes back to her past. She always rehearses her, her sadness. She always rehearses um, the, the fact that they've done her wrong. She always goes back to that. But this time she changes directions. And as soon as she takes the first step, watch what happens. The priest starts misunderstanding her intentions. Calls her an alcoholic. And you know, she had a choice because it's the heat of the moment. And this is what I think a lot of people do. In the heat of the moment, rather than being faithful in the heat of the moment, we're like, well, you know what? See, that's just proof. I knew God didn't love me. That's just proof that these, these principles the pastor's always talking about don't work. That's just proof that I'm just going to quit going on Mother's Day because I feel bad every time I leave. You know what? Forget you, God. I've tried your way and it just isn't working for me. And we have a choice in the heat of the moment. And she could have went back. And I'm going to tell you, if she had went back, we wouldn't be talking about her today. If she wouldn't have been faithful in the heat of the moment, we wouldn't be reading her story today. But she decided to be faithful in the heat of the moment. And she looks at the priest instead of saying, stupid priest, you don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not drunk. I'm here praying. What's wrong with you? And you know, I'm going to tell you what's interesting is that the priest in this story, if we read about him, he was a bad dude. He wasn't a good priest. He wasn't a good high priest. He was making horrible decisions. He had no character. He was a bad guy. He wouldn't repent. But you know what she chose to do? She chose to be faithful in the heat of the moment. She chose to honor Someone that didn't, didn't even feel like... In fact, you know, let, me just, let me tie in a verse real quick. You know, the Bible says that we're in Ephesians, we're to honor our father and mother. It says, because if you do, you'll live your life long and blessed. How many want to live a long and blessed life? Now, the ironic thing about that verse is that it doesn't say, honor your father and mother if they're good parents. Because how many here have figured out that a lot of parents are flawed? Come on. If you're a parent and you realize you've got some flaws, come on, wave at me. So you realize what God is saying. God is saying, honor flawed people. Here's why. Because honor isn't about the person. Honor is about the position. And so what God is saying is, listen, I want to see if every moment... You're being faithful in the heat of the moment, even when your parents aren't perfect and they're flawed and they say something they shouldn't say or they do something they shouldn't do. Can you still honor? And here's the interesting thing. God says every moment matters because your life and the way that you live, how long you live, how blessed and how happy and fulfilled you are will be connected to what you do in the heat of the moment. It's really quiet in here. Turn to somebody and say, amen. Right? Because that's what she chose. She says, oh no. And she says what? She honors the position. Oh no, sir. And then she goes on to say, listen, I haven't, you know, I've not been drinking wine or anything stronger. And what does she do? Instead of turning and going back, instead of retreating, instead of saying, I'm not going anymore. Instead of saying, see, I told you so. You know, it always happens to me. She kept pressing. She kept walking. She kept standing in the heat of the moment. She was faithful. Every moment. 
And when she did, the Bible says, if you keep reading, I was discouraged. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Let's go to the next slide. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. And then it says in verse 20, and in due time, she gave birth to a son. Here's what's interesting about that. It's that the blessing came in due time. How many know that when God has a promise for us, it doesn't always happen immediately? So in other words, the promise or the blessing is connected to what we do in the moment. Because every moment matters. Had this woman, Hannah, decided not to be faithful in the moment and do the right thing and not retaliate, but still honor this guy. Had she retracted, what would have happened? Every moment matters. She would have possibly delayed or even forfeited her blessing because every moment matters to God. Because why? God is watching how we respond to every moment. And it reminds me of an old song. Anybody remember in junior church or kids' church singing this song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Anybody remember that song? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Why am I singing like a child? I don't know. <laughs> For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then you would sing... Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Every moment matters to God. Not just that he, it matters because He loves you and He cares for you in your pain and your trial, but because He's watching to see Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Who are you going to trust? How are you going to live? Who are you going to follow? Who are you going to believe? And what's interesting is the blessing and the promise is connected to what we do in the heat of the moment. Pastor Jared, you're kind of... Pushing the envelope there. Well, let's go to a scripture. I love this verse. It's found in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, which says, Let us not become weary in doing good in the heat of the moment. For one translation says, in due season. We just read that a minute ago, right? For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we keep being faithful in the heat of the moment. What blessing, what child, what business, what restored relationship, what promise is waiting on the other side of your heated moment? Because every moment matters to God. God sees every moment. God sees every movement. Now, I know what you're thinking because the, the first thought would be, well, gosh, this is a, I thought this was going to be a good message, Pastor Jared. Because now I'm feeling terrible because you don't know all the things I've done in the heat of the moment. You don't know all the things I've said 
that I wish I hadn't said. You know all the things that I've done that I wish I could take back. You don't know what I called my kid the other day. You don't know the choices I've made. But you know what? This message is not a message to discourage us. It's to inspire us. Because every moment matters. Let me show you why every moment matters. Because if we go back to one particular verse, I tried to highlight it, but it's the idea that says that all the years she she was going back. She would go and she would cry and she would leave. But then the Bible says that one moment, once. Guys, I think you have this if you pull it up for me. One moment after the sacrificial meal, one moment after the trial, one moment in the heat of the moment when she's being ridiculed, when people are attacking her, when she's being misunderstood, one moment she decided I'm not going to do what I've always done. I'm not going to leave this service depressed again. I'm not going to call up and chew them out again. I'm not going to write that horrible gossipy text again. I'm going to do it different this time. I'm going to God. I'm going to go in prayer. What I love about Hannah is Hannah was persistent. Her desire for a child caused a spirit of intercession. One of the things she did and was faithful in in the midst of the moments was she became an intercessor. She became a prayer. And so she didn't let her obstacles hold her back from continuing to pursue and call upon the name of God to bring forth the promise that she believed was hers. And do you realize that one... Here, here's the cool thing. One moment changed everything because from that one moment a child came a prophet was raised a nation was saved because of one moment the reason that we can have joy today is that you may feel like that you've been the Hannah you may feel like that you've had the trials but here's what you need to know there's a new moment right now and every moment matters Which means this moment matters. What you choose in this moment can make all the difference in the world. How you leave this moment can change everything. Because with God, every moment makes a difference.